Hello, you're listening to Dope Comedians, a podcast about comedians who use weed to help with depression and whatever else is going on in life. Subscribe today to listen to subscriber-only episodes and audio, as well as bonus episodes and clips. To gain full access, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and YouTube Podcasts. Now, let's get at it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Yo, what up, everybody? It's your girl, Marcella Riley. And I just want to remind y'all that if you like this podcast, then please take a moment and go to wherever you're listening to this show and click subscribe. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a five-star rating. Uh, It doesn't take that much time to do, but it helps us out so, so much. So get over there and do it right now. Uh, And also, if you want to come get high with us, then follow the show on Instagram at High Hopes Live. And you can also find me at cool black chick um i'm still waiting on you to subscribe i haven't seen it yet like where i'm waiting where is it oh there it is thank y'all okay all right enjoy the show bye welcome to another episode of high hopes it's your girl marcella and we're back in my apartment we took a hiatus from my apartment last week um, but now we're back <laughs> in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> um, okay. So that voice that you hear giggling, uh, she is a multidisciplinary artist from Chicago by way of Cleveland. You can catch her around LA doing stand up improv burlesque. Whoa. And showing off some of her paintings. Uh, guys, welcome to the show. Saliha. <laughs> Saliha. It's literally that someone else said that to me in my 20s. They're like, yeah, the way that I remember your name is by the Earth, Wind & Fire song. And I was like, how have I never fucking thought of that before? I'm in my 20s. I have to explain my name to everyone I meet. And I've never thought about it. So, But that's also a song that's like before. I mean, I don't know how old you are. You you look hella young. So I'm assuming you were born after that song came out. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I am not in my 50s. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So, uh, what, uh, do you, are you cool with any kind of weed? Cause like, yeah. okay, all right, cool. I'm really, I'm a, kind of a weed slut. A weed slut? Mm-hmm, I don't give a shit. As long <laughs> as it gets me high, I don't really care. So you don't actually, uh, look at the different strains and things like that? Um, so for a while I actually worked for a weed company, so I was just getting free weed. Ooh. 
Damn. So I was pretty undiscerning. Mm. Uh, and honestly, I'm just kind of like, I don't buy weed very often. It usually gets gifted to me mm. or I just like smoke other people's shit mm-hmm. or I have the shit that I had left over. But I really don't think about it. How often do you smoke? Every day. And it's just other people's weed? Well, like, no, like that sounds so <laughs> moochy. I'm not a mooch like that. But no, like. That should be other people's weed. Other people's weed. <laughs> like. LPW. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I knew where you were going. <laughs> um, no, but like I, so I got from my, the job that I had, I had so much, I still have some leftover from when How I left that job. Got? It was a lot because like you, I mean, after a while you can't sell it cause it starts to brown. So they had to like get rid of a bunch of it. Oh, does it? Yeah. If you have it for a couple months, you can't really sell it and use uh-huh. it. So I had a lot and I'm still like working through it. So I didn't, haven't really bought it. And when I do buy it, it's just kind of like what is cheapest yeah. yeah i'm not that i'm not that like ed- educated about marijuana so do you uh, pay attention to how it affects you oh absolutely and so what do you, the one that you currently have that you're going through what is how does it help you um so the one that i i actually just bought some and i got a hybrid because i don't fucking know what i'm doing so i was like <laughs> man that's about the world <laughs> you know yeah uh, <laughs> that's generally what i do it's like a hybrid and i like it's it's so hard now because before it was like you had a weed do he had the weed that he had and you gave him twenty bucks and that was you it. What you got? Yeah. Bob's his uncle. Bob's your uncle. But now it's like there's you have to look at like the strand if you look at where it was grown if you look mm-hmm. at what region of California come, comes from like all this shit. So it's kind of for me like just overwhelming. Yeah. So I just I see that cool with whatever. <laughs> I know that like indica you can you know it makes you fall asleep and sativa is like you know, party, party <laughs> smoke. So I understand the differences, but I don't know. That's if cool. it gets me high, I'm cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> if it gets me high. Um, well, uh, please be my guest and get high. Other <laughs> OPW. OPW. <laughs> <laughs> I'm legit about to make that a song. I mean, it's a trend. I mean, because you, you know those people that don't ever buy, they don't ever have smoke, but they always high. And you're like, who the fuck? <laughs> who be smoking you out all the time? That is so true. Yeah. Um. So you have a pretty cool uh, background, um, especially with like the dancing and the painting and the comedy. Yeah. So how? What started first? What came um, first? So I started writing poetry when I was like nine. Um, and then when I was about thirteen, I was going through a lot of emotional, emotional, emotional turmoil. So I started doing theater at a free clinic. We would go, oh my God. I was 13 or like 12 or 13. And we would go to high schools and middle schools and teach people about abstinence from drugs and sex. And it was like like a 13-year-old going to a high school kid who's already having sex and doing drugs and being like, you shouldn't do this. So it was, yeah. I was like in one of those like chastity Oh, theater troops. Yeah. And the school like, okay, it wasn't through the school it was actually through a free, a free clinic. Oh, so okay. it was after school. Cause I was living uh, in the inner city Cleveland at the time. And there was no arts program anywhere. Mm-hmm. And my sister had stumbled onto this thing. So I joined it with her and she of course quit because it made it not cool anymore that I was part of it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I did that for like a year and that kind of got me like, oh, okay, I do like acting, I like being on stage. So then when we moved, we moved from the inner city Cleveland to uh, like a suburb of Cleveland mm-hmm. uh, and they had a really, really good arts program. So in ninth grade, I was like, I want to take 
uh, theater and there was only one class for theater, which was like spoken word, dance, yeah, and like a bunch of other stuff mixed into one. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started doing dance as well. And it was like modern dance and we I did it for four years. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And then when did it morph into burlesque? Because that's what you do. That's now. what I'm doing now. Okay. Uh, two months ago. You just started doing it two months ago? Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I just, just started. Um, So I've seen an, uh, a handful of burlesque performers mm-hmm. and there's usually like a theme mm-hmm. with the, the performance. Yeah. Um, how do you come up with your thing? So ours was actually because it was, it's actually Saturdays, our next show. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one was on the 20th. So since it was around Halloween, we decided to do oh. a Halloween theme show. Mm-hmm. And I did uh, sketch and improv in Chicago for about seven years. So a lot of, I think uh, the cast, there's six people in the cast. And I think four out of the six are all Chicago improvisers. Mm. So we did a sketch slash burlesque show. Oh, so there's huh. actually like comedic content. You're not just watching people take off their clothes. Right. It's very humanizing. <laughs> really right. makes you respect the woman before you see her tits. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and where is this at? It's going to be at the Second City, uh, okay. Hollywood. It is, uh, so that's the third at 10 p.m. and it's ten dollars nice it's limited seating so if you if you're watching this and you want to see my jugs uh you would need to buy a ticket in advance um your very first time taking off your clothes yes. in front of people was when uh when i was two years old i'm kidding no but i was a very naked baby like i was super <laughs> into like my brother said he would because my, my older brother is six years older than me he would there would be a twinkle in my eye and then you would look away and you look back and I'd be gone. And all you would see is these two little chocolate drop, like butt cheeks running away, <laughs> scream laughing. So I've always been like a nudist in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is the first time that I on stage have like stripped. So this show? Okay, wow. Yeah. How did you get the confidence or the, how did like, I mean, I know you were pro from being a kid, but like yeah. going from that to a stage, that's so, that's very different. Um... To be honest, I didn't really think about it. Mm. I've been wanting to. It's funny because I called my mom and was like, oh, did I tell you I'm doing I'm doing a burlesque show? And she goes, you've been wanting to do that for three <laughs> years. I'm so like I was expecting her to be like, oh, my God. But she was like, you've been wanting to do that. I'm so proud of you. Aww. So I've thought about it for a long time. And I was super scared um, to do it because I could have done it in Chicago in mm-hmm. the seven years I lived there. But um, moving to L.A., I it's it's very sh- strange to go from the midwest to the west coast yeah because the midwest is very shame-based like mm. everyone shames each other either for not being religious enough or you know yeah. there's a litany of things that you can be shamed on um so when i moved here and i start realizing that nobody really gives a fuck like it took me i've lived here for a year but i realized <laughs> start really nobody really gives a fuck like everybody's queer like mm-hmm. everybody smokes weed um just more laid back so i think that I and I just had been working over the past year on my accepting myself and having more body positivity Mm. so once I got the chance like my friend me my friends were just kind of talking about it and once they invited me to be part of the the crew yeah I said yeah (laughs) and I don't really show that much like I I, you kind of just like you can show as much or as little as you You want want, yeah which a lot of people they just think that you're on stage like in your completely in your underwear but also that's like wearing a bikini on the beach. Yeah. And you're I more am. in control if you're doing it on stage. Right. Um, do you, uh, have you been making your own outfits? Um, no, uh, not yet. I'm not that far. I did make my pasties. 
Oh. Yeah, because I my character has um uh a catchphrase. Okay. Uh, so I put my the my catchphrase on my my pasties, which now if you're gonna see the show, I kind of ruined something for you. Sorry. Oh. Um, nah, it's not that big of a deal. But everything else was just like shit I had in my apartment. Oh. <laughs> that yeah, I look crazy when I walk out on stage. I look like I look. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> you, can you twirl the pasties around no i used to be able to <laughs> i used to, in college i used to uh get drunk and take off my shirt without tassels i would just make my tits go in circles yeah in front of my like, guy friends because i needed attention um but i lost since college i've lost like 30 30 or 40 pounds like somewhere mm. in between there and so like since my tits are smaller they won't do it anymore <laughs> But, so I can't do it? No, but so um, one of my friends who does burlesque, like she's been doing it for years. She told me that if you can't get your boob to like your boobs to go like this, if you just hold them and shake them, they'll just naturally start going in a circle. Oh, okay. Like the tassels will just start doing it for you. But you just you have to. You just have to like cup your boob and move it up and down and the tassel will just go. Yeah, I'm teaching you guys a lot yeah. today. <laughs> I'm gonna give me a pasties with some tassels on. Yeah, them. why not? <laughs> Where can you, if I want to go buy that, is there a store in LA? I mean, you can go online. They're like six dollars a pop, oh. and they're everywhere. I wasn't like any lingerie store will have pasties. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. can I get like a custom made? Probably. Um, so they're like some of them are stars, right? Or some of them they're, are they're everything. My friend has ones that are bees. Okay, um, I was gonna... but you can get X's, okay. you can get weed leaves, you can do a weed leaf. One. Okay, okay, yeah. You're like, you're, okay, you're. Thank you for getting there. You're like that's what I was. I was going looking to. Mm-hmm. Mm. I have never seen one with like. I would like to see one with like a weed leaf with like weed tassels on it. I've never seen that, but you can absolutely get like a green sticky. Okay, yeah. I'll look into this. Maybe my Christmas present to myself. <laughs> <laughs> weed pasties. Um. So. When did you make that transition from, uh, was it Cleveland or were you in Chicago? From you. So I lived in Cleveland. I grew up in Cleveland until college. Mm -hmm. Then I, I never technically moved to Chicago. I went there for a New Year's Eve party and just didn't leave and lived there for (laughs) nine years. Yeah. I'm, I have a bit of a, like a problem with risk taking. I take, they're very calculated risks. Like I'd been thinking about how I wanted to get the fuck out of Cleveland for like six months. Yeah. And then my friend was like, you can come here. And back in my head was like, I'm just going to keep going and go to LA. <laughs> and thankfully that didn't work out. Mm. I ended up staying in Chicago for nine years. Cause I, I this place would have eaten me alive when I was 22 mm, and I yeah. had no money and I didn't know anybody. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm really happy that the way that that happened, but what was your question? Uh, we- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Second hit. Second hit. Second, Second hit. hit. Second <laughs> hit. Um, uh, my question was, when did you move to L.A.? Oh, so about a year and a half ago. I kind of did the same thing, but since I'm in my 30s now, I did it more uh, consciously. <laughs> so I had like my my apartment in Chicago. I'd lived there for two and a half years and I had had to get a new roommate every six months. Ugh. The problem was me, but whatever. You- <laughs> I'm not leaving myself and that apartment was great. So sorry. Bye, people. So like <laughs> after like the fourth person, I was just like, you know what? I don't really want to find another roommate. Yeah. I've been talking about moving to LA for a very long time. I hate my job. So I actually think I was unemployed at the time. So I was just like, fuck it. I'm moving to LA. I sold all my shit. And Dang. October 3rd. Oh, wow. Here. Yeah. 
Wow. Shipped all my stuff. Did you know people here? I knew a lot of people from Chicago here, yeah. Okay. That yeah, makes sense. luckily. And I'm really good at making friends, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but there's a, like there's like a pipeline of people, especially with uh, improv, yeah. that come out here. Yeah, yeah, So I knew a lot of improvisers. And I've kind of, uh, for my own mental health, taken a step away, because that was like improv and acting and everything was my life for like mm. nine years. Mm-hmm. And just the highs and lows of it really can fuck you up. Like yeah. it can really affect your mental health. And I was really depressed and that's what I'm saying of the last year I kinda yeah. tried to embrace myself and be less shame based mm-hmm. in my own because I mean you can say that other people are shaming you, but when you internalize it, that's when it becomes a problem. Right. So that's what I was working on. What were you ex- were you experiencing anything that led you to start shaming yourself? Is oh yeah. Oh. I mean as a dark skinned black woman in America, everything. I know, right. Especially with like my family and shit. Cause I'm weird, like I'm just weird. Like I'm just, I've always been like the oddball. Mm. So like my entire life, people were just like, "Why are you like this? <laughs> why can't like what? Why are you so weird?" <laughs> I just like, I guess as my mom says, uh, I moved to the beat of a different drummer. Mm. Is that Wait, that saying? You moved to the beat of a different drum or drum? drummer? Is that it? Ooh. I don't know, <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> Explain further. <laughs> semantics um, <laughs> okay so uh and what you primarily use your weed to help cope with or what does it help you cope it with uh a myriad of things so yeah. i have like chronic pain um i have a uh and it's fucking my fault and i could fix it but i have a compressed disc in my back that pinches a nerve so i generally on my right side have a lot of pain um and then uh my anxiety my extreme lovely anxiety in my depression what's yeah. my depression's gotten better since i moved out of the fucking midwest and got sunshine since you came here <laughs> yeah mm. i mean living in chicago you get three months of good weather that's it pretty much is that summertime yeah like mm. may june july i think you get like four you get like four months of really good weather and then it's just kind of like yeah what's it like in cleveland what's the comparison? same okay pretty much yeah like this is the first time i've lived anywhere where the weather was like consistent no, this is like is this the only well, I think in Brazil it's like this too yeah on the equator and shit yeah yeah but there was one day in Chicago I went to work it was 70 degrees it was like 72 degrees when I left work it was 40 degrees yeah wow. it's really unstable yeah it does get cold here at night yeah not I'm that cold that. not like that though <laughs> um uh when did you start ugh, I just spilled all my <laughs> When did you notice, uh, when did you notice the depression? When did that start kicking in? Um, I mean, I've been depressed pretty much my entire life, like since mm-hmm. I was like ten years old. Uh, but it got really bad in high school, and then once I went to college, I started drinking a lot, which is partially why I started smoking because I was like, I need to not drink, but I also like like drugs. Yeah, um, I like being <laughs> in an altered state. Um. Yeah, but it's always, it's been kind of constant thing since I was like 10 years old. And it's gotten much, like I said, it's gotten much better in the last couple of years because I've been dealing with, with it for so long that I can see when my symptoms are getting worse and when I'm starting to slide right. back into depression and being like, nope, we're going outside. Yeah. We're going to go socialize. We're going to stop drinking for a month because that makes it worse. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when did you 
become that aware of it like when you like to to the point of i guess getting yourself help or adjusting well so in college i realized that i had gone through a lot as a child like i had a really like between the ages of 10 and 18 were some of the most traumatic years of my life Mm -hmm. um which is why my depression started when i was 10 um and when i went to college i was like i have to see somebody like i have to talk about my shit uh so i started going to therapy when I was eight, cause I was also like, I'm leaving the system, the family system that I've known my entire life. I'm like, all I'm having all these changes. I have all this new stress with school and like, and new relationships, mm-hmm. like friendships and shit. So I knew that I was, that that was going to, had the possibility to send me into a tailspin. Right. So I started getting, and I was also like suicidal in, in high school and that scared me. So then when it, when it gets, when it got bad, I would get back into therapy. And then when I moved to Chicago, I, w- I had the same thing where I was like, something big, big just happened. I need to talk to somebody about it. Yeah. And somebody who's unbiased and is not like my friend. Right. And who I can trust with my craziness. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, did you ever attempt suicide? No. Fortunately, it never got that bad. Uh, one of my best friends, uh, Anna Abrams, if you're watching, you're not because you're a doctor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like in... When I was in my 20s, uh, I, I had about where I got real, like when I first moved to Chicago, I got I was really suicidal. And Anna Abrams is one of my best friends. And every single time I laid down and I thought about it, when I really was like crying, being like, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. Out of fucking nowhere, she would call me. Mm. And she would say, I was just thinking about you. Or I felt like you needed me. Like she literally saved my life probably four times in my 20s. Wow. Hey, yeah. So call your friends if you're just thinking about them, like check up on people because like everyone thinks I'm so strong, but like that was, it was a really, really dark period in my life. I guess you wonder where I've been. I searched to find the love within. Hey everybody, this week on repeat, I've got what you won't do for love um by bobby caldwell an oldie but goodie uh i think i was driving when this song started playing and it just hit me real good that i put it on repeat um i am at a point in my life where i am uh willing to go the distance and and to uh take a risk and do the things that i wouldn't normally do uh, for the thing that I want and not just in terms of like relationships but just in terms of like my career um, and the things I'm passionate about and um, and I <laughs> where we where I work it is very uh, a very toxic environment um, uh, people are either quitting or getting fired uh, uh, rapidly um, every week uh, um, and the, the leadership the quality and the leadership is very very poor um and so it's just not a good environment and people complain all the time all the time about it and when i talk to people I, i'm usually like well what do you do outside of here you must do something else like you hate it so much inside here you must do something else outside of here and usually people are just like nothing i don't do anything i just go home and i fall asleep and i wake up and i come back here in the morning and i'm like just taken back i don't i don't understand uh why there is no uh uh like frantic movement to get out of that environment uh i am 
uh, actively doing things to to change my situation, uh, and I won't stop until I see change. And but I I just see I'm surrounded by people who unfortunately aren't uh, on that same level, and it's it's very sad to see, very sad to witness. Um, uh, and I, that this is why I think getting uh, professional help, uh, even if you, if you're not depressed or you don't have anxiety, uh, seeing a therapist can help you work through a lot of things. Uh, you don't have to have anything wrong to just sit down and talk to somebody. Um, and so like, yeah, I am looking for, uh, all the freaks and weirdos who stay up late on a Monday night, uh, to get to, to, (laughs) to get to that happy place. Um, that's who I am. That's where I'm at. And I'm going to keep on that journey looking for those kinds of people. Uh, so I can live my dreams and I hope the rest of y'all live y'all dreams. Uh, if you want to listen to everything else I've been playing on repeat, then follow me at cool black chick on Apple music and everywhere else on social media, really. Uh, and enjoy the rest of this episode. Bye. Got a thing for you and I can't let go. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What I 
Um, but I never attempted suicide. I actually, I do have uh, a cut scar. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, it was in high school and I had been thinking like, oh, I really want to kill myself. Like I'm done, I'm done. And I was helping a friend with uh, a project. We're in the art studio and I was really excited this day actually because my mom was coming to school and we were going to go talk to my counselor about college options. And so I'm like cutting open a tennis ball with an exacto knife. And for some Ooh. reason I, I was cutting towards myself, which you're never supposed to do. And I looked up at the clock because I was like, oh, my mom's going to be here soon. And then I just felt like what felt like a fingernail going down my arm. And then when I looked down, I could literally see my tendons, my fat. Whoa. Like I, It had cut through because I was putting so much pressure to get through yeah. the tennis ball. And uh, I'll never forget the name of the nurse, Paula Dworkin, because she told me to like, look, this is your tendon. And I was like, lady, just fucking close it up. <laughs> uh, and luckily, my mom was on the way to school. So we went we were able to grab me and we went straight to the hospital. And I remember thinking that changed my life. It made me mm. like realize, oh, it's really fucking easy to kill yourself. Because mm. if it had been like just like a centimeter over, I would have probably bled out in school or bled on the way to hospital because yeah. it took when we got to the nurse's office she was at lunch and i yeah. couldn't grab the doorknob because i was holding my arm closed yeah like i could have like really really i that could have been the end for me crazy how old were you again i was i was in my senior year of high school so 17 wow yeah and that was like i'm i'm done playing this game yeah i'm either gonna be happy and be alive or I'm going to be happy and be alive. <laughs> like, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That was really scary. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what triggered that sort of the, the I guess, that incident? Do you know what? What, what which incident? Uh, what happened? Because you said you, you start having those suicidal thoughts and then you, yeah. you realize you were cutting yourself. Well, that, it wasn't at the same time. Oh. It was like previously I had felt that way. And then, like I, I wasn't in a bad state. I was actually really happy and excited about my future. But then something that happened and it just kind of, it was kind of one of those things. Like if you pray for something enough, it might just fucking happen. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you're thinking like your, your thoughts are prayers basically. And when you worry about something or when you lament about something, you're praying for what you don't want. Mm. And I didn't really realize it until that happened. I was like, Oh yeah, I don't, I don't actually, I actually enjoy being alive. I actually enjoy being myself. Yeah. Most days. Some days I'm like, oh, this idiot again. <laughs> this, this fucking snatch. <laughs> um, you mentioned uh, losing weight and being more body positive. Can you yeah. talk more about that? Well, uh, <laughs> I need to stop being so tragic. <laughs> so the weight thing was actually I was uh, having extreme gastrointestinal issues. Like I was like. When I first moved here, I was like vomiting and like having diarrhea all day and I couldn't figure out what was going on. I got all these testing. They thought I had, and luckily at the time I had good health insurance. Um, So we got tested for like an autoimmune disorder, um, all this shit. And it turned out that I'm allergic to wheat, corn, soy, and sesame seeds. So I was just like, everything that I was eating was making me very, very sick. I spent a ton of money to find out like, you can't eat anything. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I just like had to only eat basically fruit and vegetable and like meat. That's how I eat now. It's like a paleo diet. It's like worse than that because you can't have like, because there's soy sauce in everything. Like there, if you look at um, like any dressings in the store, they all have soybean oil in them. And then there's corn oil and candy and da 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 Like, this probably has corn in it. Like, everything. Oh, no. It's fine. I have an EpiPen. <laughs> I'm very nihilistic. Did you not hear me earlier? 
Okay. I read Nietzsche in my life. I am, <laughs> I'm okay with dying. I should I should stop. <laughs> but yeah, so that that and I don't have a car here, so I walk a lot, mm. and that helps. But I, I got to about 213 pounds when I was 13 years old, like the height of my depression. Oh my and that dance program that I got into in ninth grade really helped me because I we would do yoga every day and we would just like start every class with like running laps around the theater or just like moving I was constantly moving and that helped me to lose I think like 30 pounds wow and yeah just by doing yoga like really Mm. low impact stuff which I recommend for anybody especially if you're getting back into like your body and moving your body like don't just try to start like Mm. working out lifting shit running and stuff Cause that's how you're, that's how that's I hurt point. my back. Cause I ran a marathon, was still smoking cigarettes and drinking, and I fucking fucked up my entire right side. Ooh. That was six years ago, and I'm Ooh. still fucked up. Uh, did you uh, fall or anything, or just go- during the marathon without? I when I was 16, I tore my hamstring and I didn't let it heal correctly. Mm. So the lack of training, like not training well. And not doing yoga and like doing not doing the restorative things that you're supposed to do when right. you're training, um, that kind of bit me in the ass. Cause like mile eight, I was like, <laughs> what a suckers! <laughs> like I was, I thought I was like hot shit. And then mile eighteen came and like my leg just stopped working. Ooh. My leg just stopped working. I'd have to like every fifteen minutes or so, I'd have to lay like sit and stretch. My buddy was following me because they have like a tracker. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, you were doing really well. He was like, and then you slowed down. It took me three hours to get to mile 18 and six hours to finish. Wow. So it took me three hours to go the additional eight miles. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I fucked myself up and I wouldn't quit. Yeah. Because I am stubborn. (laughs) I'm a Taurus. I'm very much a Taurus. I'm so stubborn. I was like, I'm finishing this fucking thing. Sobbing as I crossed the finish line. Were people yeah. there cheering you on? No, my friends didn't show up. Dang. Yeah. So you got to the end and no one was even. Mm-mm. So who was tracking you? My buddy was at, I think he was at work or something, but you can, there's oh. like an app <laughs> oh, so that like, you can like watch people's times. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. He's supportive. Yeah. From afar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> didn't come pick me up, but yeah. <laughs> I had to hobble It's like you slowed down. Yeah. And I was not concerned. <laughs> and like, I, like I pushed myself really. And that's another thing I'm working on. Uh, in my 32nd year of life, uh, I pushed myself really hard. Like I did mm. an improv show the night before the marathon at 12 a.m. So I didn't get home until 1.30 and then got up at 6 and ran a full marathon at 7 o'clock Dang. in the morning. Yeah, Slow down. Yeah. You got to slow down. But so you know you need to slow down. Yeah. <laughs> so what is that drive? What is that push? There's, I, there's like this level. It's... So I'm like the prodigal son in my family. I think I'm using that right. I'm not honestly sure. Um, but my dad saw me in him. Mm-hmm. So he was always really, really hard to me. My father actually passed away four years ago. And that's the thing he said to me before he died. Because we hadn't talked. What? We hadn't talked in years. And I finally called him because I knew he was about to pass. And he said, he's like choking, like through choking breaths, um, that he was really sorry for how hard he had been on me. Wow. And that, like, that was one of the biggest things that pushed me to becoming healthier and like actually dealing with my mental health and like dealing with my depression and stuff was like his death mm. um but I think that's where that stems from because nothing was ever good enough for him 
Nothing that yeah. I did. I was like, he would always be like, <laughs> my dad is also, he was also very old my entire life because he was 44 when I was born. Mm. So he was always just like this old grumpy man. Yeah. Um, and he would always say like, uh, you know the words, to all, you know all the words to the song, but you got, you getting C's in school. Mm. You're like, what? You know all the words <laughs> to the song, but you getting C's in school. That memory of something that you hear every day is so <laughs> different. It was like, What? Yeah. That's totally somebody who like grew up with just because he was born in 19. Oh, shoot. 47, 42. He was born in 1942. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, you didn't have a TV. You had a radio in your house. Yeah. So if you're listening to the radio too much, you're slacking off. Like, so, yeah. Uh, that, well, that's very relatable for yeah. sure. Um, uh, You spoke to him shortly before he passed. Mm-hmm. And what was the time in between uh, not talking? You guys not talking? We or how much time? Oh, I don't even know. Was that long? That much time? Yeah. Wow. Like I would speak to him probably once a year, if that. Mm. He, my dad, had a lot of weird beliefs. Like he believed that allergies were only for rich people. Um, he was just like an old curmudgeonly old black man. <laughs> like he just had like he just. Oh, look at this. Yeah, the sky is really beautiful. Sorry, you guys can't see it. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, but uh. What was I saying? Uh, it's time for another one. <laughs> uh, your father saying. Ugh. Well, I don't know. Yeah, but it was he. He just always um, like my siblings all went to private schools and like really expensive, really really expensive private schools. Like he wanted us to, you know, to basically be able to give the white man hell. <laughs> to be able to survive and thrive yeah. in, you know, a white world. And my dad was an organic chemist who became a lawyer. So he, like, went through a lot of schooling. And like I said, he was born in the 40s. So he went to question. school in, like, the 50s and 60s. What is an organic chemist? Um, So it's somebody who, like, makes compounds, like, make stuff i don't know i ain't a chemist i ain't an organic chemist i'm high in somebody's apartment <laughs> that i just met i ain't a fucking i ain't a genius <laughs> sounds like you are how many siblings i have six siblings nope i have five siblings so there's six, six of us yeah and all of y'all went to private school no we ran out of money so my two eldest brothers i think went to private went to public school and then my older brother and older sister went to private school. Me and my little brother went to like Montessori school and then went to public school. Mm, okay. But they went to they went to private school until like ninety two, until they were like in tenth grade. Okay. Because then it gets it's like it's really expensive. It's like college. Yeah, it's like fifty thousand dollars a fucking year. I know. It's insane. So <laughs> I do you feel like uh they're better people for going through that much pr- like, I don't know, how, how are people affected by public and private school? Like, um, I don't like to public I, school. I personally think that going to private school fucked my siblings up mm. more than going to public school would have. Mm. Um, like, my big brother uh, got called the N-word a lot. And, like, the people that he was around were really disrespectful. And, like, just, he had friends and shit. And there were other black kids there. Like, he wasn't the only one. But it, I feel like... It makes it makes you very aware of your skin and it makes you very aware of like your mannerisms and who you are and how you reflect on like the yeah. black race. Because not only uh, like we weren't rich either. Like I think my brother got like a half scholarship or something like that. Yeah. But like we weren't we weren't 
kind of a charity case. So like not only do you have the socioeconomic part of it, but you also like look different than everybody else. Yeah. That that played a huge part in like my childhood. And for me going to public school, like I it, it had its own issues because <laughs> yeah. I was never cool enough. I was never hood enough. And I always talked too white. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this sounds like, uh, me. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like, like every black person that doesn't like fit a stereotype. It's yeah. like, oh, you talk white. It's like, no, I just talk like my family. <laughs> <laughs> just talk like the people who talk, who raised me. Yeah. I, it was my family <laughs> who'd be like, why do you talk white? Mm-hmm. <laughs> my family would tell it to me too. And I'm like, personally, partially for me, my voice is so deep that if I don't enunciate, you won't hear a lot of things. <laughs> It'll just like mush all together. But I guess that's what I mean by talking white is, I don't know. It's such a, that's such a controversial topic. Yeah. Elocution. Uh, oh yeah. <coughs> I'm sorry. This guy is so fucking beautiful. It really right is intensely beautiful. <laughs> is it the weed or is it like literally just, it's probably both. <laughs> I mean, we are high, but this is kind of gorgeous. Where's my phone? <laughs> Uh, we're gonna pause and and take some pictures of the sky because the it's it's like or one half of it is more orangish kind of yellow and then another half is like a lavender it fades into like a lavender and then it's, you can see some of the blue sky on the other side of it. You can. That's been happening this whole season. Yeah, I should have gone live this entire time. That's okay. What? We're going live. Also, look at this fucking sunset. This is so obnoxious. If anybody's <laughs> watching this and people who are listening to this, are you going to edit this part out? Um, we'll see how I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not going to. Should I put this somewhere? I don't. I lost my other stand. What are they? <laughs> Can you even see anything? Ugh, this is so boring. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> Um, it's like my knee for the last. Okay, let's get back to yeah, it. No, 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 no. Yeah, weed, um, weed, 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 weed break, weed break, weed break. This is the weed break. Take your hit, take your hit. Now I'm gonna take a hit too. Who were your inspirations when it comes to art or painting? And what kind of painting do you paint? Um, so I am an abstract artist. I generally paint on found objects. Um, I mean, I do like canvas as well, but, um, I like painting on trash, like wood that I find on the street. Uh, but mainly it's just shapes and shit. I'm really downplaying my art. It's quite beautiful in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, but yeah, it's just, uh, so I really liked Gustav Klimt, um, Basquiat. It, it has like that kind of jazzy feel. Yeah. Um, it's mostly abstract, but I, I'll try to like pull something out of it that looks like something, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that it may look like someone's wearing a crown or it may look like um, someone with their back to you or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll show you one. Okay, because I'm, I'm I am pretty proud of it. It's something that something that I started doing in high school when I was having issues with my mental health because it was before I discovered weed mm-hmm. um, as a coping mechanism. <laughs> uh, but 
so yeah, I started doing it um, to clear my head and I realized that it was something that like really oh. helped me to process what was going on in my mind. The mermaid? Yeah. So what, what are the, what, what's this object? Um, so it's a, a woman wearing a hijab. Uh, looking back at you because I grew up Muslim so oh, okay yeah but so, what is it what's the mater- are the material or oh the- it's acrylic on canvas oh, is that, is and then okay. it's like pen I, I mean I really like I really like trash like I really like taking found stuff cool. using a lot of glitter gluing stuff on there uh, I'm trying to get a studio so I can do bigger work yeah because uh, these are all fairly small because I'm doing them in like my apartment uh, but yeah that's like kind of something that as I've let my life evolve that I've made more space for. Yeah. Instead of it being a hobby or being something that I use to like clear my head, actually, you know, acknowledging that talent and yeah. and giving it time, giving it space in my life instead of just being like, oh, it's this thing that I do sometimes. Mm. I paint every day. Every day? No, I try to. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fucking liar. Um, no. <laughs> I, I wish I, I did a thing where I was trying to paint every day for a while and <clears throat> it got it got really overwhelming because then I would be really pissed at myself if I didn't get my painting done or if I didn't mm. get my writing done instead of like now I'm going to try and do a painting a week, just like work towards something instead yeah. of having like giving myself this deadline. Yeah, um, because I feel like with any creative project or anything that you even if you have a deadline, it shouldn't feel pressurized. Yeah. And I was putting pressure on myself for no fucking reason. Like, yeah. No yeah. one, I didn't have to show anybody. I wasn't selling them. Like I was just doing it for myself, mm-hmm. but I'm really hard on myself. Yeah. But yeah. you're working on it. Yeah. I'm working on it. <laughs> uh, do you currently uh, have a therapist now? I don't No, And I need to get one. Okay. Yeah. How long did you have one uh, prior? Um, I found a really good lady in Chicago. Uh, her name is Ann Carter. Uh, that's a great name. Yeah, she's lovely. And I actually went to her for two years. I went for her for I went to her. Oh my god, I went to her for a year, uh, and then lost my insurance and went back. I'm really good at even if I lose my insurance, like keeping up my mm-hmm. my like doctor's appointments and health and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I got insurance back, I was like, hey, let's pick back up. Um, so I had her for two years, which was the longest relationship I've had with a therapist. Most mm-hmm. of them is like a year and then I get like, I just stop going. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so how many have you gone through? Don't say it like that. Sorry. <laughs> how many therapists have you had? <laughs> I like that better. Um, I had the first one in college who I made cry. You made your therapist cry. <laughs> Yeah. What happened? I told her, oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. Say it, say it. I told her that I thought, like, this is when I was really, really depressed and, like, dealing with a lot of, like, like trauma. I told her that I thought I had demons inside of me. I was like, I, something is, like, really bad and, like, I'm just really wrong. Like, I just felt really wrong. But were you feeling honest about what Yeah, saying that? and I had been going to her for a while and she was just, like, it made her so sad that she just started crying. Whoa. She was a grad student, so, you know, like. I was probably like her, and she was also a white white lady. So I'm like, I'm <laughs> the first black child sharing like all these inner city stories, and she just like started you crying. Broke her. Yeah, I, I wonder if she's, she's a better practicing. person. I mean, she probably is for that moment. Yeah, she was a great therapist. But so I think in total, I had one that would uh, wouldn't stop texting me. Would. Yeah, That's so that was inappropriate. Like, but yeah, yeah, and then I ended up like meeting her friend, like one of her like cousins at like a wedding, and I was like, oh, <laughs> weird. 
I think I had four. I think okay. I had four in my lifetime. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's good. Um, it, it, I mean, I think it's great that you have been actively always like getting some sort of help. Yeah. Well, I mean, after like, after dealing with my a severe decline in my mental health in my teenage years mm-hmm. and seeing how it just affected my entire life, like I didn't really have like a high school experience. I was just always like working. I was at school. I was doing dance or I was like laying in bed lamenting. Like I just didn't really do very much. Yeah. And I felt like, I don't know, I don't want to say robbed, but I felt like I wasn't making the best use of my time. Mm. And I know that I can't make the best use of my time if my mind is all jumbled and I'm, you know, comatose in a corner. Yeah. So, yeah. So I've just always made a commitment to like, if I'm going to be alive, why not try to be happy? You know? Yeah, I agree. Why not try to be your best self? I agree. Yeah. Um, What uh, other things do you are currently using to, I guess... For self care, um, I I take I actually take a supplement for anxiety called Five HTP. It's like an all natural supplement, and it just helps. A lot of people take it before they do Molly because it helps uh, your serotonin, tonin, and dopamine levels uh, increase. Oh. So I take just like a pill every day, and it just makes me feel like it kind of takes the edge off of my anxiety, which is really nice. Um, and it also feels nice to feel normal because I don't like antidepressants. Uh, what have you had? I did Wellbutrin for okay. like a year and it made me feel very muted. Like I didn't feel happy. I didn't feel sad. I just didn't feel anything. Yeah. So I got off that. Uh, and taking pills, I don't really like taking pills either. So even taking the 5-HEP is kind of hard for me. Mm. But I'm like, I need, I mean, I need help sometimes. Yeah. And it's okay to like give yourself help. Yeah. Self-help. Self-help. That's where it came from. <laughs> Helping yourself. <laughs> Self-help. <Yep>. Checks out. <laughs> right, anything else? Uh, where can we find you? Or do you want to be found? Or, or? Like, no. Uh, not in real life. But um, if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, my Insta is connected to this. And it's uh, like it's on the thing. Whoop, hi. Uh, and hi. it's uh, at Sally Mutali. So S-A-L-I. M-U-T-T-A-L-I. Thank you for spelling that. Yeah. <laughs> Usually wouldn't have got it otherwise. Uh, How do you feel? I feel really stoked. Uh, I feel happy. Yeah. I feel like I maybe divulged too much about my personal life. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who is to know? <laughs> Who is to know? Hey, uh, well, I think a lot of what you said was very relatable. Uh, a lot of it related to me uh personally so i appreciate you sharing that thank you um and here comes a kitty <laughs> that's it all right well thank you for having me no problem this has been lovely bye bye hey y'all it's marcella again i just noticed that some folks still haven't subscribed to the podcast so i just want to remind y'all to do that um, it only take a few seconds. Just go wherever you're listening to High Hopes and click subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. And then come get high with us on Instagram. You can follow us at High Hopes Live. And you can also find me at Cool Black Chick. And I appreciate you for listening to this whole episode. Uh, you rock and enjoy life. <laughs> Bye.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to Dope Comedians. Subscribe now to access bonus episodes, clips, and audio. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and YouTube Podcasts. And follow us on social media at Dope Comedians. Until next time, live long and slay. Dope.